Welcome to the Habits of Leadership podcast, brought to you by Cut Through Coaching, helping leaders and their teams to thrive, professionally and personally. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Habits of Leadership podcast. My name is Dan Hasler from Cut Through Coaching and joining me via our online connection is my colleague, Mr. Tim Perkins. How are you, Perko? Very well, Daniel. Very well. Just enjoyed a nice long weekend. It's a bit hard to tell the difference between a long weekend and a Monday to Wednesday these days. But, you know. <laughs> we didn't even, in our house, we didn't even realise it was a long weekend. <laughs> and furthermore, we didn't re- I didn't realise until about 11 o'clock on the Sunday that the clocks had changed. So uh, I, I was, we're just living this complete parallel existence to perhaps with the rest of the, uh, <laughs> of the population. But yeah, it certainly does have that sense of uh, Groundhog Day or things just blending into uh, each other, but it appears that that might not necessarily be the case for too much longer as we're recording this. Um, obviously, as we just said, after the long weekend here in New South Wales, um, schools have gone back for term four, and New South Wales is edging closer to a, a 70% double vaccination rate, which means some of the restrictions here are going to be uh, starting to ease. But it also recognised that I think over the weekend, Melbourne uh, claimed the probably unwanted world record, not probably, definitely the unwanted world record of the city that spent most time in lockdown um, around the world. And so what we thought we'd do today is chat a little bit about um, how different organisations, schools, businesses um, might be thinking about... um, you know, hitting reset and, and reopening and, you know, to use that ever uh, increasingly used phrase, the new normal, you know, what things might look like for the, for people during that time. We, we thought it'd be interesting to just muse on a couple of ideas that we've been considering over the past few weeks in, in our work with people, but also reflect on the fact that we did a very similar podcast to this back in uh, June of 2020, just as New South Wales came out of a, a first lockdown and schools were going back to, um, you know, in, on campus uh, learning, and both you and I, Tim, we, we had a listen back to episode thirty-four. If anyone's interested to to do that, because it is something of a time capsule, it sort of captures uh, some of our experiences at that time and and some of the, the thinking. And it's been it's been interesting for me actually to to listen to it over the over the weekend and and see well there's definitely some commonalities between how people are are feeling here and now versus you know compared to back then but there's also probably some some differences and I think one of the main differences is that just the sheer length of time that people have been feeling and literally have been locked down and how that might um, play out when things start to reopen so Tim I know you've been thinking a fair bit about this and um, what, what are what are a couple of things which immediately come up for you as we think about our clients or our colleagues and indeed probably more pertinently our friends and our family, how they've been navigating this and how they are feeling about the, the reopening um, in, in whatever that looks like, wherever they are in the, the world? Yeah. Um, thanks, Dan. I, I think one of the, the things that I really took from listening back to episode 34 again was it, it felt like quite an innocent time listening back to it, in fact. Um, things have got more serious um, since June last year. It appears that they've got more serious. 
Um, and listening back to that one, the real motivation for us doing that that episode at the time was that we were working with schools uh, immediately after the return to school. Um, and what we discovered is that they weren't um, generally spending time with the staff exploring um, how everybody was responding to it. There was that term that was used by the Prime Minister at the time about snapping back. Um, and I think people just held their breath for what was a reasonably short period of time for us in New South Wales anyway of uh, being out of schools and having to do things quite differently. And, and this isn't just about schools, but if we use them as the context for what I'm saying here, and that real need to explore how people were getting on as a result of these challenges. Um, there was this sense that it was reasonably short and so we just go back to what was previously considered normal um, and we're all very resilient people and we'll all cope all right with that. And what we realised was that there was real benefit for those schools where we went in and that actually said, well, wow, you've really been through the, the ringer over the last few months. How are you all going with that? And people seemed to really resonate with the idea of delving into it a little bit, allowing themselves into that space of saying, yeah, wow, this has actually been really challenging. Um, and there were some things that have come from this that we've really learnt and we want to do a little bit differently now. And there are some things that have become really clear that we really need to hold on to. I remember one of the things from the podcast that people were talking about was, well, two things actually that stuck out for me. One was around collaboration. Um, a lot of the staff that we spoke to felt that they were collaborating a lot more deliberately um, and a lot more effectively because they were, you know, creating new content and that they really needed to work together in order to do that. And the other one was the check-ins that people were doing, sort of emotional and well-being check-ins with people, which people were doing uh, with each other, which was not necessarily the norm previously. Obviously, you know, teachers who had friendships, relationships with each other would check in with each other in regular times. But even in these very irregular times, um, people started to put into place, you know, there, there was some discussion in that last one about WhatsApp groups, for example, which were not about work, which were just about checking in with each other and making sure people were okay. Um, so it was interesting to hear back to that. And so we've thought a little bit now over, you know, 15 months since that podcast in, in June last year, we have got a lot further into this pandemic and people have been impacted much more significantly. You know, just hearing you in the intro there, Dan, talking about 70% double vax, I'm still fascinated by the fact that this is just language we weren't using previously. It just wasn't part of what we would talk about, the, the percentages of, of vaccinations of people and how safe people were. And this has all had big impacts on us. And, you know, as as well as the the changes for all of us in our personal lives and our work lives, there's been this real sense of a loss of liberty as well. And um, and that's that's something that we've had to contend with in order to, you know, keep ourselves safe and to create an environment where we are likely to get through the pandemic in the healthiest possible way. But it is that loss of liberties for people that I think has really, you know, messed with our heads but we haven't necessarily reflected on how much it has messed with us. And it'll affect different people to different extents, obviously. But taking the time to really focus on that, because one of the things that I've been riffing on with you, Dan, and with a few other people is this idea that 
we're very good at rolling with the punches and perhaps we can be too resilient for our own good as well. We just, we just accept it, we accept it, we accept it and we just move on to the next thing and do this pivoting that we're all talking about and changing this and trying something new, et cetera, et cetera, without taking that time to sit back and reflect, go, wow, this is, this is having quite an impact on me and to really observe what it is that's happening for us as we think about the impacts um, that it is having on us. And then what are we going to do with that now? So as you said there, Dan, you know, people are going back to um, more regular uh, schooling situations from now um, and that that will sort of be a staged uh, transition back to regular schooling. But what what can we be doing and what, what perhaps is important that we do as far as those real sort of check-ins with each other and, and where do we go to from here to look after ourselves, get benefits that we've picked up along the way, but more importantly to really recognise that this has messed with us. There's a couple of things that you, you mentioned there and I'm sort of, as, you, as you're talking, thinking about how um, it's you know played out just for me on a personal level and the way I sort of talk about this stuff with um, you know my kids and and, and my missus yeah. and that and you know the, the, this idea that you know resilience means that we don't feel anything and we don't recognize that it's messed with us or whatever and, and we just pivot to the next thing I'm I'm more inclined to think of that as not resilience I'm more inclined to think of that as disassociation or just kind of um, sticking my head in my sa- in the sand and just you know la 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 you know <laughs> nothing to see here and it's a bit like the reason I say that is it's a bit like um, when I speak to my kids about the need to be brave you know sometimes they misconstrue brave or bravery as you never get scared and my well not my take I think the take is that if you don't get scared then there's no requirement to be brave in order to be brave you need to be scared and I think in order to be resilient you have to recognize that there was there was a setback there was an issue what there was an impact and I think as you said there um, that everyone will have experienced this differently so when you talk about um, loss of liberties I've not considered that bar bar um not being able to um go to england that's literally the only thing that i am cognizant of i just can't go and see my family in the uk everything else if i'm being perfectly honest hasn't been an issue i'm not i'm not that fussed um and and that's not me sticking my head in the sand i've just i'm genuinely not that fussed about the fact that i couldn't go further than 5ks that i couldn't um you know, go to the pub, that I couldn't go to a footy game, uh, that I couldn't, um, and, and you know, and this that I couldn't go and speak in front of groups of people. Um, that genuinely didn't really, or hasn't, bothered me that much. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that is that I've realised I've been able to um, get what I get from those things elsewhere. Ooh. So the, you know, I've, I've, I've been able to, satisfy whatever it is i get from uh, speaking with people and 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 whatnot in 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 other ways that's not to say i'm not looking forward or wanting to get back to those things it's just saying that you know what it's not really impacting me in in in, in that way i've been busy so to speak with 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 other things and i think it's important to recognize that 
you've mentioned this there you know that everybody every single person so within my house that's not to say everyone else other in, in my own house people have experienced this very differently um and and i think it's really important to recognize that um when we think about okay when when people are coming back whether that's into your office um, space whether that's your classroom whether it's in a sporting team and all of a sudden you're outside of these bubbles and you're outside of you know these different constraints, what's it going to be like? And recognising that everyone will have a different perspective on that. And, and one of the, the, the issues that we've been talking about is, well, what, what, if, we, what if we just assume that everyone is, can't wait to get back? And what if we're just assuming that when people do get back, everything will be back to normal, everything will be better? And what if that's wrong? You know, what if people aren't stinging to get back? And what if things won't just be better as a result of people coming back? How how are people feeling who, you know, so you've you've spent a fair bit of time there talking about schools. What about those kids who do not want to go back to school? Mm. They just don't want to. Um, what about those teachers who don't want to go back to school? Because there will be some. There's tens of thousands of teachers around the country. If I'm not, that's probably underestimating. There's probably hundreds of thousand teachers. There's going to be a fair proportion of them who don't want to go back to school for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Uh, what about the people who are quite happy to work from home? Um, what about the people who have really been quite pleased that they've been able to get on with the work without the office politics? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what do we do? When, it, for me, there's an eth there's a moral dilemma or an ethical dilemma where people have been better off <laughs> in the past six months or twelve months or eighteen months, whatever time frame you're working on, they've been better off under these conditions, and now we're saying, oh no no, that's that's we're all coming back, and we know. That, and here's the this is the moral dilemma occurs when we know they've been better off. We've seen that they're better off. But now, for whatever reason, actually, no, you can't work from home now. Um, actually, no, you can't do online learning. I can't think of any reasonable argument now as to why certain high school students shouldn't be spending two days at home a week. <laughs> you know, I, or, 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 whatever, or, whatever, or whatever time they want, you know, if, if, if it's appropriate to do so, I should, should be clear. You know, but why, why do we just assume that the stuff that we were doing beforehand, that's what we've got to get back to. And, and I, I, I think it's quite clear in my voice and, and what I'm saying is I don't think we should be thinking like that. I think we should be considering not everyone is, can't wait to get back and not everything will be better when we do get back. And if we're in a position of leadership, and by that I mean if you're responsible for other people, which by extension I'd argue we are all responsible for other people in some degree, what do we do with that? You know, how, how, how willing are we to sit with that and how willing are we to be, create a space where people can openly and honestly talk about, um, you know, their, their, their feelings without making this sound like, you know, come by our circle, but, you know, to sit about and talk about how they're feeling and, and their concerns and, and how do we uh, talk about the, the, the positives that they got out of, um, being in in you know in a different circumstance i'm not going to say the positives of lockdown but i'm going to say the positives that came about by being forced to work and interact in a different way how do we 
recognize that and value that and say, okay, we understand that. So this is how we're going to address this moving forward. Not, oh, well, <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Mm. You know, come back back into this, this uh, world which prioritizes the extrovert over the introvert or the, 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 you know, the confident over the insecure. No, no, you've got to come back into this world um, and, and do your best. I'm not sure that's ethically or morally the right thing to do. for the, and, the, and if you're in a position of leadership, I think it's even more pertinent that you think about that. Mm. So not only the ethical and moral dilemma there, but also missing an opportunity. You know, if you've got some staff members, for example, or as you touched on there, perhaps some high school students who might benefit from doing it in the way that we've been doing it, um, then is the right thing to go back to doing that? Is it a missed opportunity just to go back uh, as well as a dilemma? I want to touch on something you you mentioned there early on, Dan, saying that it hasn't had a huge impact on you. And I know you say that, you know, um, you know, with, with a great awareness of the fact that obviously there's a lot of people who it has had a very profound impact on. Um, but I suppose what you're doing there, it, you know, there's this idea that when, when we focus on the things that are sort of, out of our control, we can feel really disheartened and disempowered and overwhelmed um, by that. And you have chosen to approach this in a different way. You've you've yep. chosen to say, okay, well, look, there are things there and they're just out of my control. I can't control whether we go and work with organisations at the moment. It's just out of my control. So therefore, I'm not going to waste any mental energy on that. There are lots of other directions I can look in, lots of other things I can be doing. And in your personal case, you know, you've just published this book that came out, you know, a couple of months ago now. You would have loved to be out on the road and and sharing the, the story of this. This is a real potentially huge disappointment for you not to be able to do this. Mm. But you've just accepted it right from the outset and said, well, you know, the time will come. You know, I'll get out there eventually. I was disappointed. Let's be quite clear. <laughs> I was absolutely, yeah. really, I thought we timed it perfectly. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a huge disappointment uh, yeah. to not be able to, to do the live Stuff, but yeah. you manage that disappointment by saying, okay, well, I've actually got no control over this whatsoever, so let's just go in other directions where I am in control. Um, but I, I also think that there, there are people, um, there are definitely people who are listening to this who don't feel that same sense of power and agency over their own life for whom the disappointment, um, you know, and there's no drama with this whatsoever, but the disappointments are getting on top of them. They're overwhelming them and they're a real challenge for them. So I suppose part of this, Dan, is to start to think about that idea of, and, and let me even ask you here, were there any, I mean, maybe it's just personality for you, but were there any specific techniques that you used here that you sort of said, well, you know, I am disappointed about this and this could get on top of me, but I'm choosing for it not to. Yep. And and I'm guessing you've got two kids, you've got a teenage son and a, and a younger daughter, what sort of advice you were giving them as well? Yep. So there were absolutely deliberate things. So for example, I never watched the 11am press conferences from the Premier mm. because they were pointless. And when our now former Premier, Gladys, um, said she's no longer doing them, I was like, well, that's come about six months too late. I mean, I understand why people wanted them, but the nature, the, the, the intention behind them and the impact they had was, was very different. For it. What I mean by that is so many people would watch those... Um, press conferences in the hope of good news and the problem is when you put all your chips in hope um, very rarely does it pay off 
So what I mean by that is how many press conferences did people have to start have to watch before they started to lose hope? You know, and they started talking about things like, oh, we're never going to get out of this or, you know, things never going to be the same again or the numbers just keep going up. Or then they start putting all their time and effort into thinking, well, what would I be doing if I was Premier? And, you know, we should definitely be opening up. And the problem with this is when you start putting your time and energy into those things which you can't control, which actually then start depleting hope, then your behaviours start to follow and you start doing things, even subconsciously, which actually start diminishing your level of motivation or your level of you know if you want to use the word resilience mindset they but they and they also start diminishing your relationships and and your physical health and so by choosing what I chose to do was replace hope with knowledge and my knowledge was that things will improve now I didn't put a timeline on that I've got no idea when things will improve but I know that they will and if I know that they will then I can stop hoping they will, and I can stop tuning in to see if the Premier of the day um, has got any good news for me. I just know that they're going to improve. And the point about that is, then I can start focusing on making sure that that what I'm doing in the here and now is actually beneficial for me. In, in Back in a podcast that we did with Lucy Hone, um, we, you know, we, which I think is episode 30 off the top of my head, um, we, we spoke about asking this question around, um, is what I'm doing here helpful or harmful? And and that has actually been something that I've I've you know kept going back to. Is what I'm doing right now helpful or harmful? Is this helping or harming my level of motivation, my mindset, my relationships, uh, my general health? And then I've got a choice. Once I ask that, then I've got a choice whether I want to do something about that. My my fear is that people are hoping or thinking that things will just be better if we can reopen or if we can you know just get back to whatever normal means now and 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 the problem with that is less mindful leaders and less mindful organizations are going to just try and go go back to scott morrison's term of snap snap back and they're going to be asking people who have spent the past six eight twelve months in this state of you know, diminished motivation, diminished resilience, diminishing relationships, diminishing physical health. And they're just going to ask them, in fact, probably demand them, based on some of the organizations that we've seen, demand stuff of them. You know, they're going to, and, and they're going to have these people who are just not going to be ready um, and not physically prepared, not have the human resource to actually, um, you know, do what they're asked. And, and that, I think that's going to be problematic. Now, obviously, I'm purely hypothesizing here, but I'm basing it on what I saw last year when the schools went back. And I can remember speaking to a principal, and I said, oh, I'm assuming the department are asking less of you right now, given the you know the time we've just had. And it was just one of those knowing looks that you get, that you just go, oh, you're kidding me. You are kidding me. And, and you know, th- that's what we see. We just see that this... The narrative, oh, we've got to make up for lost time. We've, you know, we've got to bridge the deficit. We've got to whatever it is, and it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You've got to get your people back. <laughs> You've got to ascertain, you know, this idea of, you know, were you stinging to get back? Is everything going to be better for you as a result of being back or not? Are there other things at play here? Other things that you've learned about yourself and the, the way that you um, can contribute best here and what's best for you? you know, and let's talk about that and, and let's sit down and genuinely, genuinely 
see these people as whole people, not as um, a teacher, not as um, a direct report or a sales rep, not as an athlete, not as a principal, not as a coach, but as a person who has got a million other things that are important to them in their life. And every one of those things has been nudged in a direction, positive, negative, as a result of, you know, the past period of time. And what does that mean for them? You know, we've, um, in a recent episode, we had Ed and Peter Shine on, who spoke about this idea of personising. And we actually use this, as you know, Tim, in our, in our value statement, we personise our work. Now, personising isn't a typo, and it's not the same as personalizing. so making something bespoke. It's about seeing someone as a whole person and and treating the relationship as such, not as a colleague, not as a client, not as a direct report, not as a teammate, as a person. And, you know, this has been one of those things, I think, which most people prior to COVID would go, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, it'd be nice to do that, wouldn't it, Dan? It'd be lovely, but we just don't have the time. My argument now is if you're not making time for this, then you should really rethink what, what it means to be a leader. You should really rethink what it means to be responsible for other people because if you're not willing to really see your your people as people, as whole people, then not only are you doing them a disservice as a you know on a personal level and as a on a human level, but as you mentioned before, you know you miss you'll be missing something. You'll be missing um, opportunities to make your place better for the people <laughs> you'll be missing that and I, and I think that's a really that'll be a, a real sad uh, missed opportunity if, if you don't take that time yeah so you're touching on something interesting there Dan in the sense that in a in another episode I've got a feeling it's episode 20 but I, we might need to check this um the episode with Amy Edmondson around psychological no, it's episode 20 it is it is 20 good. there we go good. <laughs> um and in that episode, and there's a more recent one as well, one of the, the bite-sized ones, um, if people want to just hear a shorter version. But in that episode, you know, based around the idea of the psychological safety of the work environment. So I was working with a, a young teacher recently uh, as part of a coaching engagement, and she shared with me this idea of that it's kind of a dirty little secret that some people have benefited from being uh separated from their students she's a high school teacher um all sorts of issues with the pressures of actually being at school and she feels like she's really flourished during lockdown is there sufficient psychological safety in her work environment to be able to say that to her boss in much the same way you've just described there dan where the principal might sit down with staff now that they come back and say tell me about your experience of this what have you learned about yourself from this? What have you learned about yourself as a teacher from this? How can I support you to really flourish with this new information you may have? Um, I wonder if, in the situation of this teacher, would she feel sufficiently comfortable to say to her principal, you know what, I struggle a bit with anxiety. Um, I've found that I'm much less anxious when I'm working from home. I find the pressures and the politics of the staff room are very difficult. I find managing the behaviour of the students sometimes a real challenge. And I've found that doing it in this way has been enormously beneficial for me. And I'm actually feeling quite anxious about coming back to school. Now, that's a one-off story, but I've heard that a similar version of that story from two or three people that I work with. So the psych safety within the, the context, and as you said, whether it's a school, whether it's a sporting environment, corporate world, wherever, 
who feels safe enough to be able to say that to their boss so that they can really benefit, um, so that the organisation can really benefit and get the most from that person, but so that that personalised relationship, as you've nicely described just there, Dan, so we're getting the full person and we're supporting them um, in a way that really brings the best out of them and diminishes the things that are negative and that can be controlled for them. So psych safety ties right into this as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think I often, and it's a phrase that you look at me sometimes you know, sideways at when I say it, but this idea of temporal milestones, so moments in time which present themselves to hit reset and, and moments in time where there's things that you've been putting off you know, they do, and but it makes more sense to start, you know, at a certain point. That's why a lot of people say, "Oh, well, I'll start on Monday, or I'll start in the new year, or I'll start on my birthday." They present themselves as natural to us, anyway. They seem natural points in time to to start again and to hit reset and to rethink things and, and take on something new. And I think that we've been presented one here, mm-hmm. um, and. I think it's come through in some of my commentary already, but I think the worst thing that we might do would be to ignore that opportunity and just try and get back to business as usual as quick as possible. I think that would be so detrimental on so many levels, both on a operational level, but more importantly, on a personal and, and, and human level. I think we must... I'm, I, I don't often speak in absolutes, do I? But I, I'm, I am on this. I think we absolutely must take this take the time at this point in time to to really reconnect with our with, with with our people whoever they are whether they're young or old whether they're professionals whether they're kids you know really take this time and say okay this has been weird <laughs> if nothing else it's been weird let's let's just chat about that and mm-hmm. let's see what we might do differently going you know going forward from here so that you can be the best version of yourself around other people who are the best versions of themselves. What does that look like? And being fully aware that your worldview may well be challenged by that. Full well that some well-established protocols and policies might need an amendment. They might need a tweak in order to make that happen. But if you know a threat to the human race isn't a isn't a big enough, <laughs> you know flag for us to take well you know maybe 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 we could tweak the way we do meetings you know maybe maybe we don't all need to be in the same room simple little things like that um you know could it it could be interesting to see where it leads yeah and i think um one of the things I, i read a very interesting article um by an early childhood educator named alana evans the other day and she's got a a blog um called belong be become and she was talking about um, helping educators navigate the pandemic. And she, she, she says that it's really important to recognise that thoughts, feelings and emotions are transitory. And I think working with young people, this is really important, but maybe it's for all of us as well, that to allow those thoughts, to observe them, to record them, to learn from them and recognising that they are transitory. It's perfectly legitimate to feel a bit flat. It's perfectly legitimate to start to recognise the undulations because that's the other thing. Through all this time we've had at home, less, much less running around, we've, and I certainly know this is the case for me personally, I've been able to recognise uh, more subtle variations 
in the way that I um, am managing myself emotionally. And through that awareness, it's really important, you know, as Alana suggests in this article, to be able to sit with that, just observe it, mm. not, not judge it, um, but to recognise also that it passes. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, look, I'm languishing a bit here. I'm down in the, in the dumps a little bit about this. But you know what? A few hours later or a day later, I actually felt quite differently about that and really recognising those nuanced differences. And because, you know, we, we do some work around the concept of catastrophizing, Dan, with a lot of organisations, and we can catastrophize this feeling that might be foreign to us um, and say that it's the way that it's always going to be. Um, you know, one of those three Ps that gets in the way of resilience that we've talked about in other episodes, and you know, that idea of permanence being one of those, um, pervasiveness, personalising, but the permanence element of it, you know, I'm feeling this way, this is the way I am. But just, you know, allowing yourself to sit with that for a while and to recognise, no, it's not the way I am, it's the way I am now, it's the way I was then, and recognising that that will pass as other, you know, um, factors come into play. Yeah, and it's, uh, I'm thinking back to episode 54 with Tal Ben Shahar talking about you know being give yourself permission to be human. Mm. You know, the, like the, the, this, we've got to be really mindful. And you and I were talking about this before we sat down to record it. What we don't want to address people's uncertainty and and uh, ang- potential anxiety around. We don't want to address that by say with toxic positivity. You yeah. know, oh, let's think about all the great things. You know, you've been able to bake sourdough. Um, you know, you've been able to learn a new musical instrument. Now, to be clear, you know, those things absolutely can help form an approach to dealing with those kind of things. You know, it will definitely have been beneficial for people to engage in new learning, new hobbies, uh, interacting with people in a different way absolutely but i think we have to be you know, really cognizant of the fact that if, 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 if you've not had s- some degree of uncertainty so i think we should go back to because I, I feel like i glossed over a little bit when i was talking about you know it's not impacting me i think specifically i was talking about the the loss of liberty i didn't really feel that per se obviously as i mentioned not being able to go and see my family in in England. That wasn't about travel. It wasn't I'd lost the liberty to travel. I didn't have any inclination to go anywhere else. I just specifically wanted to go um, to England. However, couldn't do that. Okay, so what do I do? Do I do I choose to um, you know worry about this, or do I choose to make sure that as soon as I can, I can. And and other things that you know. Um, caused issues like you mentioned the book launch or other aspects around the business I, I I did feel a sense of disappointment there is a sense of frustration there is a sense perhaps of anger and all those kinds of things when things don't pan out the way that you want and being able to sit with that and I think the key for me was using Tal's mantra of give yourself permission to be human not get angry at myself that I was feeling angry, not get upset with myself that I was feeling upset or anxious about, wow, this feels a bit weird, you know, getting anxious about feeling anxious. Just recognise, okay, this is what exactly what Tal's referring to. This is what it feels like to be be human. But also, and, and let's be honest, you know, we're, you and I are, are relatively fortunate in that we spend a lot of our time thinking about these things and we've built up a, a repertoire, you know, a literacy, if you like, of, of this kind of stuff. And so we're able to recognize things and name things. You know, I, I was talking with um, a colleague just the other day, you know, and, and I'm not sure this is exactly true, but I reckon just by the fact that you know you're catastrophizing something, you stop catastrophizing mm. it. 
you know, I'm yeah, not you saying check that yourself. You, you check yourself. Yeah. I mean, you might still continue to tell a very compelling story about why it's such a disaster, but it doesn't get worse. You know, just the fact that you're personal. Oh yeah, I'm personalizing this. You you don't personalize it more. And one of the things we've recognized in our work, I think, Tim, is when people get this language, sometimes it's a revelation to them. They've just always, you know, how do you feel? Oh, I just feel shit. Well, it's really hard to do anything about that. But if you can actually start naming those things particularly, you know, then you can start, you know, an Instagram meme might be, you know, if you can name it, you can tame it. Um, but you can, th th there's a real depth to that idea that if you don't have that language and that literacy, if you can't notice this in yourself, if you don't also recognize that it's normal to feel this, you know, if you get swept up in the toxic positivity mm. movement, mm. you can end up, as I say, beating yourself up for f being human, which is, I think, a really dangerous space to get into. So, yeah, I mean, I guess one of the reasons we put these podcasts together is to share some of this language and some of these ideas that if people listening go, oh, yeah, okay, I've not thought about things that, that way before, then it's okay, well, if it's, if it's helpful to think about things differently, what, how might it then be uh, beneficial for you to act in a different way? And yeah. come to that question, is this helpful or harmful? And, you know, if we come back to the, the title of our podcast, Habits of Leadership, you know, obviously there's a lot of people listen to this podcast and most of them are in leadership positions, you know, and depending on your definition, but not all are in specific leadership positions. But I think what you're touching on there, Dan, and, you know, the, the real disappointments, you talk about not being able to go back to the UK to see your family. I, I've been thinking my niece has had to um, postpone her wedding twice during the pandemic. You know, people put a huge amount of emphasis and um, effort into planning a wedding and to the outsider that might be oh well that's just you know you just got to roll with that but for her it's okay to feel really miserable about that to feel really ripped off and disappointed and frustrated and and uncertain about you know when do I plan the next day you know um, and so she's going for January next year and you know maybe that'll work out or people who wanted to uh, buy a house people who wanted to do some travel uh, you know people who wanted to change jobs all sorts of things have come into the equation for people, all of which are very legitimate. Um, but I suppose if we come back to the, the title, The Habits of Leadership, what are you, our listener, going to do as a leader in your organisation to really get to know the people who are working with you, who you presumably know quite well already, but what are you going to deliberately do to find out how this has impacted different people? Because you know, you only need two staff members to recognise it's going to impact them quite differently from each other. But then if you've got 100, you know, that's, that's a big effort to get to know that and, you know, working out how you can use resources to do that. But to really find out what's going on for your people and to provide that space for them to be able to have really authentic conversations with you to say, you know, I'm scared about this or I'm angry about this or I'm upset or I'm worried, whatever the things are, uh, and allow people to to linger into that space a little bit longer and explore how it is impacting them and using your nous and nuance as a leader to say, okay, well, I need to address this. I need to help this person with this to really bring out the best in them. Absolutely. And I reckon one of the first things they might do, mate, before they uh, head back is maybe check out some of those podcasts that we we mentioned because – um, you know, we'll go all the way back to episode 20 with uh, Amy Edmondson and, and psychological safety, being able to create that environment where people can speak openly. And then episode 30, which we know from the feedback we've got 
um, from not just when we published it originally, but then when we use it in our principal circle and our habits of leadership um, academies, the feedback from episode 30 with Lucy Hone talking around resilience and how she applied it in her own life with the tragic loss of, of her daughter, uh, but being able to apply the the that what had been up until that point a real theoretical um, understanding of, of positive psychology and resilience. And then episode 34, as I mentioned, we kicked off by saying we, we did a very similar, I say similar, having now sat down and done it. It was a, launching, like. it was a launching off point for this one though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's but like... it was a launching off point. But, you know, heading back to episode 30 from June, uh, 34, sorry, from June last year, where we spoke about uh, heading back into... Um, uh, workplaces and, and schools post the, the first lockdown and then episode 50 um, which was uh, with Ed and Peter Shine around humble leadership and really digging into that concept of, of personizing and, and the whole the whole person not just the position and finally of course Tal's um, episode episode 54 which spoke about being permission to uh, give yourself permission to be human and some specific strategies there about how you can enhance your your levels of well-being and you'll put so, links to those in the notes i presume dan i'll put links everywhere too and it might, everywhere. It might be useful to um put a link to that article by alana evans that i mentioned as well quite yeah, quite absolutely. you know really really um soulful and well-considered sensible sort of thoughts for people about you know exactly as you've said about the tal one really allowing yourself to be human and recognizing you know sitting with it I think, I mean, we didn't really have too much of an idea of where that was going to go when we decided to sit down and, and record this over the, the video conference. But hopefully um, people listening have found it useful. Um, if you have found it useful, then please make sure to like the podcast and comment on the podcast wherever you get your podcast because doing that just uh, makes it so much easier for other people uh, to find us. And of course, feel free to share this podcast as far and as wide as you can in your networks. If you are interested in any of the work uh, we do, we are currently just putting the finishing touches to our new online academies for 2022, but you can head over to habitsofleadership.com and see more about our work and you can submit questions or potential guests for the podcast by clicking on the podcast page there. Perko, thanks so much for joining us today. Good on you, Dan. It's been uh, nice to get into this sort of space and to think about how we are, you know, going to manage life, you know, beyond and, and through this uh, event that we're all uh, a part of. Absolutely. And uh, until our paths cross again, take care, take it easy.